ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Welcome back into the great Scott Show, the great sports callers. Open Think Tank, uh, coming to you from the roof in Louisiana, ESPN 1420 studio. I'm Scott Prather, joined now by my friend Mike Neighbors, at Mike Neighbors on Twitter, of NeighborsMediaGroup.com, and many of you listening know him from Cox Sports as he uh, does this, he interviews for uh, for Saints tonight and, uh, boy, uh, Saints game day interviews as well, and he has that weekly one-on-one with Drew Brees. And, Mike, I, I wanted to bring you on this week because – you know, back when, when COVID really kind of hit back in March, obviously so many things changed. And in this medium, I spent a lot of time just doing various interviews and, and stories, whether it be with former players or members of the media. And I remember you saying back in March, you know, I, essentially you wouldn't be surprised if Jameis Winston ended up going to the Saints and backing up Drew Brees this year. And you were on that train as a possibility long before – it became a reality or was even really talked about. And now, you know, I know you, you're, you're in, you know, uh, New Orleans when the Saints are at home, uh, normally in a normal year. You know, you're in New Orleans when the Saints are at home and you're usually traveling with a team in a normal year, but you reside in Tampa. So you really have a beat on the Bucks. Uh, you used to cover them quite a bit. So b- between Breeze and Jameis, I thought you'd be the perfect guest to bring on this morning. Anyway, that's a long way of welcoming you into the show. First off, how are you? I'm good, boy. It's going to be a wild ride. Buckle up, Saints fans. This is going to be an amazing uh, November, December. I, I tell you what, <laughs> uh, when I got the word Monday that collapsed lung and rib contusion, uh, my, my, my heart sank a little because I felt bad for Drew. And, you know, who knows, six weeks, eight weeks, seven, five, nine. We, I, we don't know at this point. But, no. um, but, but the Saints were bracing for it being a while. And you could just tell, Mike, that it was not like something was he, – he knew he was going to be out just based on the body language. This is a guy you talk to after every single game and have done so – for the last 15 years, when you got your one-on-one with him Sunday evening, you you had to know that, that, that something was seriously off, right? Yeah, and, and you know that Drew's not going to tell you when he's coming back. He's not going to tell you maybe the depths of the injury. But to me, the one word that really stood out was cumulative. It wasn't just that second quarter hit that was a you know, personal foul. This has been building for a while. He hasn't felt good, um, and he's tough. And obviously in the second quarter, he played through all the pain for two touchdown drives, especially the two-minute drill right before the half. So there's no doubt of Breeze's toughness. But the word cumulative tells you that the 41-year-old has been had had a lot of pain for a long time, and that one hit was the exclamation point that's going to send him on the sideline I don't know how long. And here's the thing, Scott. I think a lot of things will play into this. Let's just say the Jameis and Taysom Hill, whatever combo, whoever steps up, you know the defense is playing better. If this team continues to play well like they did when Drew was out last year, I think they're going to rest him as long as they can. And, and it could, in the long run, be great for this franchise in many ways. You rest Breeze, you get him back for the playoff run, and you also – see what you have at the backup quarterback position moving forward because you remember they didn't have a preseason no preseason games they didn't get to see what these guys are all about now they have the luxury of beating the bucks twice 
having a little separation there in the NFC South. Now they get to look at these guys, and if they play well, they hit the restroom breeze. So potentially a lot of positives for the Saints out of a big negative that happened against the 49ers. Uh, the the glass-half-full approach from my friend Mike Neighbors. That is <laughs> that is best-case scenario. Uh, Worst-case scenario, yeah. Jameis struggles, Taysom fumbles, and, and we don't see Drew Brees again. So... Uh, I'll take I'll take uh, I'll take what you're what you're selling. I'll I'll, I'll put a lot okay. of stock into that because, yeah, I mean, look, you, you, with reason. I mean, to your point, um, if they can keep winning here and the schedule's favorable for a while, I think they'll still be favored in the majority of these games. Let's say it's eight weeks. Well, that that's week one of the playoffs, and if you're playing in round one, or if you happen to be the one seed and get the bye, that's going to be a lot more difficult now without Drew Brees. I I, I believe this though, Mike. I think. For a team, and and you talk to the players every week, for a team that every single one of them to a man before the season said Super Bowl or bust, and if not in those exact words, they said it essentially in, in, in different wording, but all the same message, right? It's Super Bowl or bust. I think they have to have Breeze back at some point to possibly win it this year. Do you feel the same way, or do you think that, that Jameis can, you know, take this ship back to – Tampa Bay, where he played last year, host oh. of this year's Super Bowl, and actually do something that many don't believe he's capable of doing? Well, Jameis Winston is the ultimate wild card. I'm not going to rule anything out with him, good or bad, hence the 30 for 30 man. You know, 30 picks, 30 touchdown passes. He threw for over 5,000 yards, Scott. The guy can give you the best of everything and the worst of everything. I don't rule out anything with him. That's why I'm not going to make any predictions on Jameis Winston until I actually see it happening. And I'm not, when I'm laughing, talking about this whole thing, I'm not making light of any of this. This is really tough on a lot of people. It's tough on Drew Brees, knowing that this could be his last year. It's tough on Drew Brees' family, his wife, his children who are getting old enough now where they can understand what it means to see their father getting injured. And, you know, you feel for Sean Payton, who's obviously put so much in this offense and everything. But if things play out like I kind of painted that brush previously here on your previous question, it'll be really interesting. I mean, I think Jameis Winston arguably has as much talent as any quarterback in the league, but he also drives you crazy more than any other quarterback. And Jimbo Fisher and Bruce Arians are very good coaches, and they couldn't fix him. Can Sean Payton fix him? Maybe. But that's a big maybe right now, and we don't know the answer to that. And as much as Saints fans and many people want to see Drew Brees in there, it'll be a lot of things with Jameis Winston in there. It'll never be boring. Uh, if you're a Saints fan, you're hoping it's the good boring, not the bad boring. Well, uh, non-boring, I should say. <laughs> yeah, right. Because, I mean, things could go sideways quickly. Uh, Mike Neighbors, our guest, uh, Saints reporter on CST, among many other hats he wears. Yeah, I, I just feel like uh, what you just said, he's he's a lot of things. He's not boring. And, no. like, I mean, I think what was your first thing you said when I brought you on? You said, buckle up, Saints fans. Uh, oh, and it happens to be, you know, the Falcons this week that you happen to be playing. So let's throw in an arch rivalry. Um, you know, I guess a positive note, he's used to seeing that defense. But similar, look, he's he's a different style of player than Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, he, the, the arm is stronger. It's going to go farther down the field. But um, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't describe Teddy as necessarily all that mobile. And even though Jameis can you know, is is big and 
can lower his shoulder if he needs to. He's not. Uh, how do I? This is gonna. I guess. I guess it is kind of an insult, and I'm not trying to be. Like there's like flailing, like his body does things sometimes <laughs> on the field, and it's like what, like what's happening there? And then either maybe it's a pick six, or it's just this incredible throw, like a laser dart bullseye. I'm really anxious to see because I look based on what he did, you know, on Sunday. I don't put any stock in any of that. I mean, that was the same way I didn't put any stock last year when Bridgewater came in against Absolutely. the Rams. And I Absolutely. said it. I, I remember coming on the radio on that week, and fans were like, oh, you got to play Taysom. There's no way Bridgewater can do it. I was like, guys, let's let's see what happens when you've got a week to game plan. And I said, it's not going to be easy. He's got to go to Seattle. And then he wins the game, and he goes 5-0. and What does Sean Payton have in store now that, now that Jameis is going to work with the ones all week, going to have a game plan more suited to him, specifically against the Falcons, I, I'm I'm really anxious to see what he can do on Sunday. And for me, it's simple, Mike. If he look, if they if they if the Saints lose, but Jameis doesn't have any turnovers, I think I'll be okay with that. Really, it's just it's a matter of can he protect the football. But I believe this: if he doesn't have any turnovers, I just don't see the Saints losing. And I, and I see them winning a lot of these games if he protects the football. Well, if you look at his numbers against the Atlanta Falcons the last couple of years, they're not bad, and that's the he plays the best against in the NFC South when he was the Bucs starter. And here's the thing about James, too. You know, he deserves a lot of the blame for what happened in Tampa. But when he was there, and Tom Brady will attest to this, that offensive line is horrible. I'm telling you, they're horrible. You saw it last week, um, you know, when the Saints just decimated them in Tampa, surprised so many people on the NFL. It's the most overpriced offensive line in the league. And James never had a running game. Never hit. Doug Martin had over 1,000 yards one year, but for the most part didn't have a running game. Well, guess what? He's got an offensive line in New Orleans, and he's got a hell of a running game. He has arguably the best running back in the NFL. And Sean Payton, with the way he can you know, be flexible with quarterbacks, creating the whole Taysom Hill monster, uh, making things right for Bridgewater after the tough game in L.A. last year, he's going to tailor this offense to Jameis Winston. And Winston knows that he has more help than he had with the Bucks. So I think all of that, you know, this is this is the time for Jameis. It, no more excuses. You can't say he doesn't have a running game. Can't say he doesn't have help. Always had wide receivers in Tampa. Always got wide receivers in New Orleans. This is his time. If he can deliver, not only will it help the Saints, but it will help Jameis Winston moving forward. It will make him a lot of money, whether it's him staying in New Orleans or him going somewhere else. You talk about your ultimate audition. This is it. He's got a team in first place. He's taken over. People could talk about Taysom Hill. I'm not buying it. I didn't buy the whole depth chart thing. He's the guy right now. Taysom Hill will be a factor, but I think if Jameis plays well, he can be that guy to step in like Bridgewater a year ago. And the big thing for the Saints, too, is the defense is starting to play like the defense last year. And, you know, I know we're talking quarterbacks, but my big takeaway the last couple of weeks is hearing Malcolm Jenkins talk about how, you know, when he though he played for New Orleans before, the Eagles' defense was so much different schematically than what Dennis Allen puts out there. And, you know, it wasn't a normal preseason. And he, it took a while for him to adapt and get used to this scheme and get used to what Dennis Allen wants. Clearly, he's more comfortable. So the defense is playing well. Everything's lined up for Jameis. 
you know, he can't only blame himself if this doesn't work out. He's he like he's for him. I mean, he signed a deal. I think one point one million, like a signing bonus of one hundred forty eight thousand yeah. base salary, right. less than a mil. Now he could actually earn, you know, about two million more in available incentives, and he'll have an opportunity. But it's really not about the incentives. I mean, he's making nineteen million less this year with the Saints than he did last year at Tampa. For Jameis. It's about that next contract and this opportunity for him. He basically has an opportunity here over the next six to eight weeks to 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 make possibly a hundred million dollars. I mean, consider that because whether when you consider the going rate for quarterbacks and the fact that he's still young, now I don't know that he would get that kind of deal, but if he if he plays elite football, he's going to get it. I I, I truly believe that something close to it based on the going rate for QBs. He also has an opportunity to, to to possibly play himself out of ever starting in the NFL again. So it's right there in front of him, and he's got some really good pieces around him, Mike. It's this point. It's uh, it's just up to Jameis. And I'm with you. I know Sean likes to play coy, and I don't know who we're going to start. We'll see some of Taysom for sure, but this is Jameis Winston right now in terms of getting the majority of the staffs at quarterback. Absolutely. I mean, you look at the potential for Jameis Winston, not only in New Orleans moving forward, but you know, look at Chicago right now. I mean, they would love to have a Jameis Winston if, if he could be right. But he's 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 in a situation right now. I think even if he plays well down the stretch, he's better off to stay in New Orleans with the Sean Payton because it's going to take a while for somebody to trust Jameis Winston again after what happens. And you know, even though he has all the talent in the world, all the mistakes he made, and he's been better off the field. I think slowly he's getting better, even though he ate the W's and on prime time and all that. You're just going to have to deal with some of that with Jameis Winston. But there's no doubt there's talent. And there's no doubt that if he can cut down the mistakes, he can be an elite quarterback. But, boy, that's a broken record, Scott. We've been hearing that for so long. I mean, I'm in Tampa. You can replay all the sound bites from Jameis Winston five years in a row. It's the same stuff. He's just got to get better. He's got to change. But now is the time, and he has the biggest opportunity of his career. Now, you could talk about the Bucks being the number one overall pick, but they were never the team that the Saints are right now. So everything's out. I mean, to me, he should be so thankful that he has this opportunity. But to his credit, he took the chance, took the huge pay cut, and made the commitment. And if you talk to Breeze and if you hear Sean Payton talk, he's worked really hard. And that's always been his calling card, though. He's always worked hard. He's always been a popular guy in the locker room. But he throws the picks. He's just got to stop it because everything else is is, is really, uh, you know, despite the off-the-field stuff, despite the interceptions, he's always worked hard. He's always been a popular guy. It's just he has these fatal flaws. He's got to move past. Mike Neighbors, our guest, at Mike Neighbors on Twitter. Uh, we're going to take a quick timeout, come back for a short segment with Mike Segment part two, got to ask him. He mentioned the defense a minute ago. Do need to ask him about talking and interviewing uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. <laughs> and, um, boy, uh, C.D. Deuce is uh, a player that gives us plenty of content. I'll say that much. And a little bit more on the Saints, D, before we let Mike go. Again, you can follow Mike on Twitter at Mike Neighbors. That's Neighbors, N-A-B-O-R-S. A lot of great content, especially for Saints fans. Uh, he retweets the interviews he does after every Saints game. You're talking about players uh, right after the game, kind of in the moment, and just a lot of good content there. Can't recommend it enough. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll be right back with Mike Neighbors here on ESPN 1420. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, the great sports callers open think tank. 
NBA draft tonight. A uh, lot of moving parts right now happening in the NBA. Uh, you can catch the NBA draft right here on our airwaves tonight. Coverage begins at 6.30. All right, let's talk some Saints with Mike Neighbors, our guest. We'll continue to talk some Saints in this segment. Uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, C.D. Deuce. He goes by three different names, or I guess it's just Gardner-Johnson right now, whatever you want. I, 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 I got to tell you, Mike, from a content standpoint and somebody that has to host a radio show, a player like C.J. Gardner-Johnson is, uh, is a lot of fun for me. Getting a chance to talk to him after his really trem- his best game of the season on Sunday for no sure doubt, no uh, doubt. against San Francisco. What, uh, what strikes you about this guy off the field, you know, in terms of his personality? Well, frankly, covering guys like this and, and trying to figure them out is why I like being a reporter because the NFL, it's so hard to get there. It's so hard to be a college football player. But to reach the NFL, everybody has a story. And if you look at C.J. Garner-Johnson, you're thinking he's not the biggest guy in the world, but what separates him is the mental game. Everybody's an athlete at this level. But the mental game to me, I want to talk to him and really understand his thought process and not nothing is too big for him you know why is he not intimidated only his second year in the nfl why does he have this mindset and i asked him a lot of these questions and he told me he's just been an underdog his whole life you know his whole life he's had to scrap and and crawl for everything and he's really had to earn it and so that's why you know you talk about guys with chips on their shoulder. I mean, Breeze has a chip on his shoulder. A lot of guys, Michael Thomas does. Everybody um, who's maybe been not respected in their life. I mean, Thomas and Breeze weren't first round picks, but C.J. Garner Johnson. I love hearing you know stories about him being discounted as a young player, and that stuff just uh, you know it, it intrigues me a little bit because people handle it in different ways. I mean, if you look at Drew Breeze and Michael Thomas and and C.D. Deuce or, you know, whatever he wants to be called, they handle it in different ways. And he handles it by not backing down from anybody. And whether, you know, he's the kind of guy you love to have on your team, but he drives you crazy if he's not. But just hearing him talk about what motivates him and why he has the confidence he does, it's, it's pretty fascinating to me in a lot of ways. I love that Camaro ran over to him when he got hurt yeah. and uh, it helped him up and said, Get your ass up. We need you. We need you. Um, you know, Kamara, uh, in terms of dealing with him uh, as the media, I know when, when he and Mark Ingram were teammates, um, they were just great. They'd do those those locker room press conferences together. Uh, it was a lot of fun. But now Kamara just, you know, some feel like is maybe even an MVP candidate. Certainly I think he's the front runner for Offensive Player of the Year to this point. Um he he seems very matter of fact to me when I watch him in interviews, but also can maybe drop a line here or there that's memorable. What's he like as a as a, a, an interviewee? I tell you, uh, you know, uh, last year I was kind of disappointed with him, and I, Mark Ingram is one of my favorite guys to cover in New Orleans because I thought he was really good for Alvin, and he he wasn't jealous of Alvin. He embraced Alvin, and he knew that if they would work together, they'd be a great backfield which they were i mean they complemented each other perfectly the only thing they they never could lock down was the nickname they tried so many i think boom and zoom was the one they picked eventually but mark ingram was so good for camara then mark ingram leaves camara gets hurt last year he even admitted he sulked on the sideline then he gets the big deal 
And a lot of people didn't think maybe he didn't deserve it. But, boy, he's, he's proven everybody wrong who thought that. And I see him more of a leader this year, not only in terms of his play, but you mentioned C.J. Garner-Johnson, just the way he's handled younger players like that. He is he, he's totally transformed his image to me from a guy who sulked, from a guy who you weren't sure if he could stay healthy, from a guy you weren't sure could be that, you know, marquee back. Every, anybody who thought any of that, he is, uh, he's proven everybody wrong. It's amazing what he has done uh, you know, past the halfway point of the season now. So I'm very impressed by him in every single way. And the amazing thing to me is when he signed the deal, you thought, well, maybe he deserved a deal parallel to Joe Mixon or somebody like that. Now, he doesn't deserve Christian McCaffrey money. But you know what? The way he's playing, he's yeah. better than Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say it. If he can keep playing like this, he can do more than Christian McCaffrey, and that's saying a hell of a lot. He, so he, I, I never thought it would be a bargain what they paid him for, but if he can continue this, it was a bargain what the Saints paid him. I think it's – it's. I, I, I've been a pro Camara guy and uh, was on the, the, the boat of, hey, you got to pay him. Um, and, you know, we had some listeners that disagreed. But I just felt like when he was healthy and we saw him healthy in 2017 and we saw him healthy in 2018. And then last year, we, you know, he wasn't. He was early in the season and then he, he was playing injured. And, you know, it's kind of like the last thing you saw type of deal. But I felt like, man, everyone's talking about Dalvin Cook and this next deal that, that Cook deserves, but Cook right. has been hurt more often than Kamara. Like when I just feel like when Kamara's healthy, he he can do things that no other player in the world can do. And I I don't think you can you could say that about too many athletes, professional athletes, that okay, if they're at their peak, there's no, especially in football when you look at the running back position and what it's become and you know, commit back by, you know, committee and all that other stuff. I just think when Kamara's healthy there's nobody in the world that can do the things that he can do. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the amazing thing about the NFL is, boy, things change so quickly. We've seen it this season. I mean, you know, the Bucks were the flavor of the month, and then all of a sudden they get trounced by the Saints. The Saints are the flavor of the month, and they lose Breeze, and there's all these question marks. Well, look at the running back position. Christian McCaffrey's been injured all year. He's having the kind of year that Kamara had a year ago. Yeah. But the thing about Kamara that if you're a Saints fan, you got to really appreciate, or anybody that watches him, Scott, he makes it look so easy. I mean, he just glides no matter what he does. It's just, it's like everything slow. He, he's, it's almost, he slows the whole game down and just has oh, so much talent that that's what the great ones do. They make it look easy. They make it look effortless. And he just has a unique way that he plays the game that he not only catching the football, but running the football. And the stats that I love about him, you know, the mar- most yards from scrimmage this season and the closest one to him is over 100 yards behind him. He has the most yards after the catch, and the closest one to him is over 200 yards behind him. I mean, he won't win the MVP. They'll give it to a quarterback. It looked like Russell Wilson for a while. You know, now it's like Kyler Murray's coming on. But I tell you, if he keeps it going, and with the quarterback situation in flux with the Saints, and they keep winning, and he keeps scoring three touchdowns like he did, he's going to make it interesting. I know Michael Thomas kind of made it interesting last year, but Kamara can make it even more interesting if he keeps us up. Yeah, and uh, Jameis and, and Taysom and the offense is really going to need him. I think it's Kamara's time to really shine more than ever uh, if the Saints want to make a stretch run here before or even if they get Breeze back at some point, which we're certainly hoping uh, Mike Neighbors has been our guest. Well, just uh, lastly on Kamara, from an interview standpoint, what's 
How is he as an interview? Is he is do you kind of know what to expect at this point, or is it kind of a, a wild card each time you talk to him? I think he's improved quite a bit. You know, I think when he came in, he had Mark Ingram, who was a great interview, and he, he learned a lot from Mark. And I think last year was tough to gauge him looking back now because, um, you know, I think he's always he's very smart and he's eloquent, but he's very modest too. He doesn't like talking about himself, but his story is great. He has such a great story of you know, moving around colleges and uh, being that mid-round pick, and but always being a star. I mean, he was a star in high school. It was it wasn't like he wasn't a, a blue chip recruit. But I think he's a, he's the kind of guy that's a real team guy, and that's what the Saints. That's what their mo is in that locker room. I mean, you got a bunch of team guys. That's why that locker room, for the most part, is is really really good. So I think when you have a modest guy like that, you know, he's not going to be your C.J. Garner Johnson soundbite often, but. Um, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how he evolves with that. If he'll stay that way, or if he'll kind of branch out a little bit. Because you see him in commercials. I mean, he's a he's a guy who likes to have fun. Um, but I think he's just kind of trying to figure it out right now. If I had to take a guess, because when he came in, like I said, you know, Mark Ingram, they were kind of the tag team partners there for a while. Then last year it's tough to gauge. But I think now he's more of a leader on the team. He's an MVP candidate. I think he's kind of figuring it out. And you see him having a little more fun at press conferences, but he's still uh, modest and still, I think, trying to find his way. So uh, let's just see how he is in maybe two months if he just keeps his pace up. I think we'll see him evolve a little bit. All right. Mike Neighbors has been our guest. Great stuff. At Mike Neighbors on Twitter, N-A-B-O-R-S is the last name. Founder of Neighbors Media Group. Uh, he and Scott Shanley have heard me talk about the Done Debt podcast uh, they've got great content there as well. Some good interviews. A lot of them are evergreen as well. And uh, and and we've talked about this each time, but uh, your show errands, where you get to go run errands with, uh, whether it be Dick Vitale. I know that was the first big one that kind of got it up and running. But now with a lot of uh, Saints legends, among other things, if it's uh, some of our listeners' first time hearing you on this show, Mike, just give them a quick rundown of what that's about. Hey, I appreciate it. We're, we're, I've never been more. Pro- excited and proud of a project in my life we started it two years ago and the saints liked it and they uh have us producing it for them what we do is we go we do it with saints legends and we have saints legends pick out three errands we pick them up in a car we run errands with them but the the fun part of the key conversations we have in between so if you go to youtube um or any of the social media platforms do saints errands and we've done marcus colston deuce McAllister. Roman Harper, and this year we're we're proven we're pandemic proof. We did uh, we masked up with Archie Manning. We're going to release Pat Swilling this week, which is arguably the best one. Um, I'll give you a sneak preview. I asked Pat Swilling if the Dome Patrol played with Sean Payton and Drew Brees, how many rings would the franchise win? You got to check out Aaron's for that. He's a very successful contractor and real estate developer. Now we went to Lowe's. We went to one of his properties. We went to his memorabilia room where he gives me the uh, kind of the scoop on why he liked playing against Steve Young and the Dome Patrol poster. And then we have Morton Anderson coming up the next couple of weeks. Morton Anderson was so much fun. Great stories. He can laugh at himself. A great story where he went on the beach a couple of years ago and was going to throw the football with his kids, but it ended up he had a buddy go 40 yards down the beach, held his arms up like they were goalposts. He starts kicking field goals through his buddy's arms. A crowd comes around. They're like, man, you should have been an NFL kicker. He didn't tell him who he was. 
Hall and of Famer. They yeah. didn't know who he was. So, yeah. I mean, we have stories like that in Aaron's. We're going to have many more. The Saints like the concept. So, Saints, if you haven't checked it out, check out Saints Aaron's on YouTube or any of the social media platforms. Good stuff, man. Just fun. Uh, that's that, that, that's the word that I come back to. Just fun, good content that I know a lot of our listeners will love. Well, Mike, I appreciate the time, man. All the best. And uh, thanks for joining me this morning. And we'll talk again down the road. Anytime, my friend. I enjoyed it. You got it. Chris Lano joins me next, Raging Cajun analyst, to break down the latest for the Cajuns. Who on this roster could play at the next level and will play on Sundays? Billy Napier, his name, of course, being linked to opening uh, P5 job openings and being candidates on various lists. We'll dig into all of that next. Don't go anywhere. It's the Great Scott Show, ESPN1420 and .com.